crud encrusted disgusting like the like the, yeah. the wet wipes that i used afterwards were black Hi, and welcome to Backup Central's Restore It All podcast. I'm your host, W. Curtis Preston, a.k.a. Mr. Backup. And with me today, none other than Prasanna Maliandi. How's it going? I am locked in a bunker, hunkered down, (laughs) (laughs) avoiding all contact. Avoiding all contact with human beings. Day two. I don't think I'm going to make it to tomorrow, Curtis. Yeah. I. uh, So I am also technically self-quarantined so i just got back from the last trade show ever (laughs) um i was at uh portland interchange which uh was reasonably sized given everything that's going on uh it it, today is uh we're recording today on uh, march thursday march 12th and uh just got back from that trade show there were a couple of hundred people there little less than than they had you know promised but you know given all things considered i'm actually surprised there were a couple hundred there was people anybody there shook. yeah i'll tell you what nobody was shaking hands there was you know hand sanitizer everywhere and etc cetera, etc cetera. people um, walking around with masks because that's a no it just uh, some people so- are some people yeah. are uh even though as I, I i don't know if we covered on the last podcast the yeah stop hoarding face masks well, stop hoarding face masks that face masks are actually not, not only do they not help you not catch the disease, uh, they actually increase your risk of possibility of getting infected. Um, what? It, uh, wow. I didn't know that. I did not know that second part. I'm not making that up. That is the common wisdom. It, it has something to do. I think it's a combination of um, it's like diet soda gets you fat. Like people that drink diet soda tend to eat more because they believe they're drinking diet soda. Um, I think it's one of it is a false sense of security that it gives you. And then the other has to do with like that it creates a um, a nice warm place for the virus to go if you do breathe it in. That is the conventional wisdom is that wearing masks if you are not sick is not helpful and actually is possibly hurtful. And also that it prevents, you know, if you're hoarding masks, it prevents people who might actually need the mask from needing the mask. Yeah, I actually read that the, what was it, California was looking, apparently we stockpile somewhere in the U.S. a whole bunch of face masks that can be called upon. I think FEMA is the one who stockpiles it. Really? Yeah, and so they can actually request um, in case they need to supplement. But unfortunately, I think what they found is there's actually a percentage of those masks that are actually expired. And it's not necessarily that the mask expires. It's the fact that the elastic bands that hold it deteriorate oh. over time. Oh, and yeah. so it no longer keeps it snug. And so they are not useful anymore. Snug, but I think yeah. they said it's a small percentage. And there's something like 25 million masks, I want to say. But yeah, for the but- first responders and the healthcare professionals, they're like, yeah, we might need to start looking into those. Right. Because I just remembered it. Uh, Prasanna, is this an official Druva podcast? This is not an official Druva podcast. All opinions are our own. 
So exactly. And we are not medical professionals, <laughs> but I, I, I did think it would be a good idea. So, you know, we'll, we're actually going to talk about a couple of data protection adjacent things, but um, given what day it is and sort of that this is the day when everything stopped. That's what I'm, that's what I'm calling today. Uh, so when the world the, stops you know, spinning. Yeah. So for those of you that are listening to this, obviously after the date that we recorded it today is the day when they canceled everything, right? So the, the president made the announcement last night about canceling travel from Europe. They've canceled the NBA. They've canceled the NHL. They've canceled all Broadway shows. Uh, University of California school systems have canceled all um, classes for the rest of the semester, and they're planning on doing um, online. Well, they're doing online now, and the news I had from one person was that they plan to continue doing that next semester, that all classes next semester will be online. Um, and I know that both the state of California and the state of New York have issued proclamations that they would like all businesses to cancel any events that have more than 250 people. And I think also schools, even on the East Coast, I heard that Yale and Harvard are also closed. There are a bunch of other schools as well where they're like, we're not going to take a risk. Right. Um, The So that's the day that it is. Um, And I know based on, you know, this trip that I took. Sorry, I was just going to also say that in addition, if you're listening to this much later, Last week, what was it? Italy decided to go on lockdown. Right. Or actually, it was earlier this week. Italy decided to go on lockdown, saying that residents should stay in their homes. Everything is closed, basically. Don't go to church. No funerals. uh, No weddings. Um, I think you can go to restaurants between 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., and that's it. So it's funny. You you should mention that because that's actually – I was going to bring up Italy because – and I'll get there in a second. I can tell you – Having been on this most recent trip, I can tell you that the average person's reaction ranges from really scared, like, you know, in terms of the impact that this is going to have on our health and our uh, uh, economy and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, and our way of life, to uh, I couldn't care less. And I got, I, got a, I got a couple of earfuls from a couple of Lyft drivers about they were I had two in a row that that basically felt that this was all blown out of proportion. Well, there you go. That, it, that this was all blown out of proportion, right? Um and some of them felt that it was, you know, a, that this was all conspiracy uh from the left, blah blah blah, that kind of stuff. It 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 does just kill me that something like this which is, you know, quantifiably really really bad by the World Health Organization. Oh, that's the other thing is that they just declared that this is a, you know, this pandemic. is a world pandemic, right? The, you mentioned Italy. <clears throat> so there is a, a post going around Facebook that is a summary from a person who lives in Italy as to why they shut down Italy. And what they said was that that basically in a matter of two weeks, the coronavirus had exhausted the capabilities of the Italian healthcare system. That, you know, it's like, yes, you know, only people of a certain type, right? Certain ages and, 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 um, uh, reduced, uh, uh, immune systems, uh, or compromised immune systems are, you know, get the worst of it. 
but what happens is if you are one of those people, you go into the ICU for two weeks and there literally just aren't enough ICU beds in all of Italy that they have filled up all of the ICUs and they're doing ICUs out in the halls. And, um, and so that's why Italy said, okay, no one can go see anyone because we don't, we can't get any more sick people. We have to stop this right now. So I'm glad to hear that we are doing something, right? That we are, we're doing what probably, there's no probably, what I'm sure many people, including some listeners of this podcast, think are crazy. (laughs) Think that this is all just, you know, this is- A nightmare or a test. The the thing that kills me is that the coverage of this, that, that there's a lot of misinformation put out. And let me just give one very common thing that I've heard on the news. I've heard it on the news, both online and like on television. And I heard, you know, commentators and then I hear, and and then of course you hear that repeated in conversation. And that is, I don't know why everybody's so scared. The flu has killed more people. Oh, I've heard that a couple times as well. Yep. Which is, and I, I think we covered this on the last episode, but I, I just, I just feel so make sure that we cover this. And that is, yes, the flu has killed more people. But remember two things. One is the flu has basically, you know, spread across the United States and other countries, obviously. uh, And we have a a vaccine for it. So we have a vaccine for the flu, and yet it still kills 40,000 people a year. And it's uh, morbidity rate, which is the percentage of people that get it that die, is 0.1%, the lowest estimate for the morbidity rate of um, coronavirus. Uh, some think that it might eventually end up around 0.5 to 0.1. But right now, the current WHO is saying 3.5% of people that get it die, right? 3.5%, that's 35 times worse than the flu And remember, we have a vaccine for the flu. So imagine if we didn't have the vaccine for the flu and it was 35 times more deadly. I I just I'm I'm really concerned that the number of deaths that are going to happen in this country are going to be a number that's going to be staggering. And that's why I don't I don't understand why why people are like, oh, this is just the flu. Yeah. And actually, um, I just read something this morning that was saying that Congress's in-house doctor estimated yeah. that um, it'll probably be between 70 and 150 million people in the U.S. will contract the coronavirus. Right. So if 150 million people get it and 3% of the people who get it die. Four and a half million. That's a significant number of people. Significant number, right? And we have no vaccine. And that's the thing. That's why 150, 150 million people are saying we'll probably get it. Even if they're off by, you know, 50%, that's still 75 million people. In the U.S. only. Uh, probably very quickly, right? Because it's still growing at an exponential rate. What was that thing that I was here or that people have been talking about? Flattening the curve, right? Uh, oh, slowing slowing the growth rate? Yeah. Yeah. And th- this I mean, goes it, back to sort of the um, your comment about making sure your healthcare system isn't overloaded, right? So right. Because you have that yeah. huge spike in the beginning, then it causes an over 
burden on the healthcare system and they can't just handle it versus if you can flatten the curve by doing self-quarantining and other things like that, then it helps reduce the number of cases and the impact on our healthcare systems. Exactly. So one thing, uh, again, just random things that are coming to my head. Here's a thing to do. Call your doctor now and ask them what the procedure is if you get the virus, if you if you get the symptoms of the virus, or if you believe you've contacted someone who has to who who is who is infected, ask them what the procedure was. So my um, I called my doctor and they said that they had a protocol, and the protocol involved talking to me on the phone and asking me three or four questions, and then based on the answers to those three or four questions, they send me somewhere for testing. They did not want me to just walk into the office. Uh, because what they don't need is they don't need all the healthcare workers to get sick, right? Yeah. So they want to send me to a specific place for testing and then, you know, possible quarantining. Yeah. What did I hear up here in the Bay Area? They were talking about, and just looking at how it spread so quickly, that a firefighter actually showed, uh, tested positive for the coronavirus, and they ended up having to quarantine, quarantine 50 of his fellow firefighters because they weren't sure um, if it would spread or if they were positive as well. Now, if you think about it, like first responders, healthcare professionals, they're most at risk for contracting this because of the number of people they interact with. But at the same time, they're crucial for keeping society functioning. (laughs) Well, there were 70 workers from the, that, that uh, retirement home up in Seattle. There were 70 workers that tested positive. But uh, speaking of quarantining, so I, again, I just got back from this um, this trade show, and so I've interacted with, I don't know, I'm going to say a thousand people from the time I left my house to the time I got home, right? I, I, I was in three tiny tubes filled with 150 people, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then I was, you know, and all the, ho- you know, and the, the Lyft drivers and all that sort of stuff. And then, of course, the... 200 people that I, that I fist bumped, nobody was shaking hands. Uh, no elbow taps. Yeah. Th- there were a few elbow taps. Yeah. <laughs> and of course you're not just interacting with those people. You're interacting with everyone they've interacted with for the last week or so. Yeah. Right. Uh, based on how long the virus has been in the country. What we were worried was that I would infect my wife, who is a, a caretaker for her mother, mm-hmm. who is, um, you know, in, let's just say in the target age. I don't think my mother-in-law wants me discussing her age <laughs> on the on the wire. Um, let's just say she is over sixty-five. How's that? Yeah. And so my wife has moved out. I am basically I'm basically a geographical bachelor at this point. My wife has moved in with her mother uh, and is going to stay there until like this this like one to two weeks has passed. Uh, from the fact that I just spent a whole bunch of time with a bunch of people. No, and I think that is the safe thing to do, yeah. right? Or the smart um, thing to do, because like you said, you don't want to pass that on to your wife who could potentially right. pass it on to her right. mother, right? And right. it's not worth and, that risk. And again, I'm sure that um, you know some people listening to this broadcast are thinking, well, that's a bunch of overreaction. I'll tell you what, I'd rather overreact, Yeah. right? I mean, I'm not, I'm not... I think there are some things that I've seen that are overreactions. I, I don't think that's it. Right. And also the thing is she's, she tends to spend a lot of time down there lately. My father-in-law died like six months ago. So my wife's been down there quite a bit. Uh, so 
she's very helpful to her mom when she's down there. And oh, that's uh, good. You know, so it, it's not, it's not the end. Of, and I'm a, I'm a big boy. I can take care of myself. I'm fine. Right. So this isn't like now, craziness. Yeah. Now I don't know if this has happened to you, Curtis, but um, I actually ran into a problem this morning. So like you were talking about self quarantining, right. Um, I decided that the next or the past couple of days I'll work from home. And since yesterday, so this morning, I log in and I'm doing all my meetings and everything remotely. And all of a sudden, I get a blip on my internet where it basically goes down for about five to 10 minutes. So did mine. Yep. And I was like, no, what am I going to do? Like things (laughs) that we take for granted, right? That, oh, yeah, the internet just works, the water just works, electricity is always there. It's not always the case everywhere. Do you think that that we're overloading these the home internet systems? Oh, oh, I'm all sure these, of that. All these remote workers. Oh, definitely. Just imagine number of people doing video conferences now, and mm-hmm. right. It's uh, yeah. funny. So, as you know, Druva has a lot of engineering folks in India, and right. unlike the U.S., India, not everyone has high speed internet at home. And right. not everyone has stable power either. So it's common in India to have power cuts. Right. And so in situations like that, and I'm sure it's common in other parts of the world as well. But right. in situations like that, it's bring it begs a question. So what does working from home mean? <laughs> right. Well, I if just you I think can't go right. anywhere, right? If you're staying home because you don't want to spread. Uh, or get infected, right? How do you right. stay? Like, how do businesses stay productive? Sorry, I don't. Yeah, mean, I, I know we talked about working remotely last week, but that was just something that came to mind as I was working from home. I was like, yeah, no, this is things are real now. We have to wonder. Okay, how do we? What do we do? Yeah, you know, it, it, this is going to be the reality for the foreseeable future. Um, and it will change, it will change a lot, right? It's, it's going to have a very negative impact on the economy, uh, because people that are sheltering at home, aren't going to restaurants, uh, people that are, and they're, you know, if they're, if they're working from home, they're not going to the restaurants near their businesses. They're, they're probably, you know, eating at home or cooking from home. I do think there'll be, um, there'll be a boon in need for, um, food delivery people. Yes. Um, and, um, so, you know, sign up for uh, DoorDash. And yeah, it was actually interesting. Earlier this week, I was in downtown Sunnyvale for lunch, meeting some friends. And yeah. I walked in and it was down uh, downtown Sunnyvale, Murphy Street. And it was a ghost town. There oh, was not a single car out. There was not a single person out on the street. Really? I walked in, I, yeah, I walked into a restaurant. The restaurant was completely empty. Yeah. There, there, there's a cascading effect, right? So I, my daughter is a uh, preschool teacher and, you know, they've been in discussions, uh, a couple of things, one sort of semi amusing. Um, so what, uh, the, you know, they're, they're sort of in preparations if they get some sort of edict that they need to shut down. Uh, but they're also preparing for the fact that a lot of the parents the reason the kids are there is because the parents have normal jobs and can't take care of the kids during the day. What will happen if everyone's working from home? Will the parents continue to send their kid to preschool or will they just bring them home? And then of course there's a, 
there's a revenue impact there, which then if there's no kids to take care of, the my my daughter doesn't have a job, so she's part-time, so she'll lose that. Um, and uh, but they one amusing thing is she said all of the parents have gone around and claimed teachers, as in if you shut down as a school, I want you to come take care of my kid. Oh, my, wow. <laughs> my house. <laughs> and she said, she's got five parents who have come to her and said, you know, you're, you're my person. And I'm yeah. like, well, how are you going to, you know, what, what are you going to do? You're going to like, you know, you're not licensed to run a daycare, a, you know, a daycare yeah. in a home, you know, so what, you know, so it'll be interesting to see, be interesting to see how that works. Um, I did want to talk about something else. So, you know, bad people, um, black hats, bad actors, whatever you want to call them, criminals, uh, they never cease to amaze me in terms of their audacity. Uh, And so there's two things that are from, from a data, from a, I don't know, IT perspective that I wanted to mention. And one is that they're, is there is ransomware that is going around. It's basically clickbait, right? So um, the, I don't know if, do you remember the um, uh, naked pictures of Anna Kornikova virus? That went, yeah, yeah. The, I remember. Yeah, okay, so basically it gave, it gave all these guys something that they wanted in the subject line in an email. And if you open that email, you know, you got infected. Well, the same kind of thing here, they're giving people the, what they want, which is information about, the coronavirus. And there was one that was specifically, uh, that I read a story that was specifically tailored to the Italian audience. They wrote it in Italian. They referenced local Italian stuff, uh, and actual information and including a quote from like, you know, an official person in Italy. And then there was, uh, a word doc that you just needed to open. Instead of clicking to a website, there was a word doc that you needed to open. And of course, if you open the Word doc, it has macros and you get infected with malware. Um, that If you're trained in detecting phishing attacks and malware attacks, you should, the, the, the alarm bells should have gone off, right? You, you don't open a Word document or any other kind of document like that from someone you don't know, right? Um, and if, if there's a link to a website, you you... You know, you look very closely at what that website is, and it, and make sure that it's a you know an official website. Um, that because there was another uh, another attack, which was a there was a corona there is a coronavirus tracking website, which please do not go to this URL. It was corona-virus-map.com. Once and again, do not go to that website. Do not go to that website. <laughs> And it said that uh, basically, if you go to that website, it, it, it you get malware, and it's you know, and stealing stealing customer inf- people's info. Um, and and it's kind of sad, right? Because people have fears; the world is very uncertain, and yet you have these people preying on those fears for malicious purposes. For their criminals benefit. talk. What can I tell you? Right. Um, I have a I have a Facebook friend uh, that he likes to mess with. Um, scammers, scammers. And, uh, he, he has, he's working on one right now where he basically assumes the identity of Fred Flintstone. That's what my friend does. (laughs) And he, um, and he just, 
he just strings these people along with these with these emails where he's he basically plays dumb and he just messes with them like oh i went to the bank i didn't know what i was supposed to say and, you know <laughs> something like that and he and so he just told him he just told the scammer yesterday that wilma died and the scammer was like oh that's so sad have you gone to the bank yet <laughs> you know <laughs> without even missing a beat without even missing a beat right and um he said he keeps like he keeps telling the the scammer that he has gone to um to western union and you know and so the scammer is going down to the office and the you know and and not finding anything and so then finally he he actually did he went to western union (laughs) and he spent like seven dollars my friend spent like seven dollars to wire this guy 15 cents (laughs) (laughs) so that the guy will go all the way to western union just for 15 cents yeah to get 15 cents um but yeah the you know bad people will will do uh stuff during you know times like this so just be extra wary of things right um i i would not it would not surprise me if there were also like apps that will come out that are you know coronavirus um you know and covid19 etc that that will be informational and will also will find out you know afterwards that they are stealing stuff right just be careful out there is what it is be careful out there um I'm trying to think if there's if there's anything else. I mean, you know, I I kind of wanted the the podcast to 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 be dedicated mainly to this scary thing that I I think if you're not scared at all, I think you should research a little bit more on what this what this disease is, how infectious it is. There was just a if there was just a report yesterday that said that that they're finding that the virus actually stays in the air for longer periods. It can live like floating around in the air and then can live on a hard surface. That's the other thing I was going to say is just because you're in quarantine and staying home, make sure you still disinfect surfaces and other things. Yeah, Because <laughs> like yeah. Chris just and said, right? Those can live around. It might've come from before and it's still living there. And yeah. And you know, what's the perfect heart? Let me ask you a question. What hard surface do you touch like probably a hundred times a day? The bathroom faucet? Um, that will, will, will hope. Well, you know what? <laughs> that's, a good times. That's, a, that's a good answer, Persona. I was going for cell phone, mm. right? Your cell phone is, is um, you know, it is a, you, you need to think about things like that. Things that you touch all the time, like cell phones that maybe you should, maybe you should disinfect them once in a while. Get some of those, you know, the little wipes, uh, if you can find them or make if your you own. can find them. Yeah. Hopefully you've got some before everybody went crazy. Did I talk about cleaning my steering wheel? No, you actually that? you did not. Yeah. So I, I decided to, you know, take a couple of wipes and clean my steering wheel because I, I touched that obviously all the time. And I have these like little buttons that like volume control buttons that are like these soft, like rubbery buttons. Mm-hmm. And I went to wipe them and they were disgusting. <laughs> they were like, crud encrusted disgusting like the like the, yeah. the wet wipes that i used afterwards were black like, yeah so think about that think about things that you touch all the time you know what get, i got another example for you your you keyboard ready? your keyboard your keyboard your remote 
Think about the last time you cleaned your keyboard. You could probably leave your screen unless you have a touch screen. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I went to the doctor's office. I actually got my flu shot. That's another thing you can do is get your flu shot. Not because it protects you against COVID-19, but because um, it can prevent you from getting the flu, which uh, basically- the same symptoms? Well, it has a lot of the same symptoms. And what it does is it prevents you from- like wasting the time of these healthcare professionals who need to spend their time with actual COVID-19 patients. And uh, so I decided, you know, I hadn't had the flu shot this season, so I decided to go get that. Oh, and, good job um, for you, Curtis. I'm glad you did. Yeah. You said you got yours already, right? Yeah. Yeah, I got mine yeah. back in December. So disinfect things. Wash. So the best thing you can do is wash your hands. We said that last episode. We're going to say it again. It's better than hand sanitizer. Every doctor says so. It says washing your hands is better than using hand sanitizer. So wash your hands. Oh, here's a, the best one I heard. I heard wash your hands like you just ate chicken wings and now you need to take out your contacts. <laughs> or if you're Indian, you would say wash your hands like you just touched red chili pepper or red chili powder and you're about to take out your contacts. That's probably the Indian version. For the near future right just get kind of used to being at home right kind of self-quarantining yourself if you're not feeling well um, and don't go stir crazy right there are other things you can do while you're at home such as reading a book playing board games right you know what else you can do oh god you can binge listen this podcast <gasps> that is right do we you know have... where I thought you were gonna go no we're <laughs> No, you can binge watch, binge watch, binge listen this podcast. We have 35 episodes. I think we're up to 35 episodes. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Um, that, is, that is somewhere around 15 hours of information. I'm in your head. I'm in your head. I'm in your head. I'm in your head. You but are, no, that is good though. No, you are right. There are things yeah. you can do, right? Now that you and there are, are we are not the only podcast. Now's the time to catch up. You know what? So aren't there some shows that we've discussed that you haven't seen? Yeah, there are quite a few. In fact, uh, I know Curtis, you have been recommending Sense Eight. Uh, yes, on Netflix. Sense Eight. Yeah. Uh, my sister actually the other day was recommending The Witcher from Netflix, which just came out. Yeah, my daughter likes The Witcher. I I tried it. It yeah. didn't do anything for and me. And then there's always mm. the original binge-watching show that you had recommended, The Wire. The Wire is, uh, it's, uh, yeah, The Wire is really good. Um, but please actually, don't I eat think... up all my internet when you start binge-watching these shows. Please do it at night <laughs> so I don't have, so I can actually work during the day. Yeah. Um, it's like trying, it's like trying to get internet in your hotel room at a tech conference. <laughs> By the way, I was actually reading an article that said that People were complaining about, oh, because you know how some internet providers have data caps? Yeah. And people were complaining that uh, the providers should waive those data caps for right now because everyone's working oh, from home. And people were actually saying because kids are not in school, their usage for video games and streaming video has gone through the roof that it's actually yeah. leading to issues. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a weird times. Weird times. Just go with it. Adapt. We are resilient Adapt. as humans. Like a twig on the shoulders of a mighty stream. Yes. Like that. That's a line from my favorite movie. 
Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. That's my favorite movie. I think we have had this conversation. Yeah. That's John Candy's line. It goes with the flow like the twig, like a twig on the shoulders of a mighty stream. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, enough talking about random nonsense. <laughs> uh, make sure to subscribe to the podcast and go back and listen. You know, now you got all this time, go back and listen to the previous episodes so that you can restore it all. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth a spade. Finally, I needed your backup. You had a chance to fix it, instead it's all jacked up. See how I'll write on Facebook about you. Don't underestimate the things that I will do. There was a file, but I deleted it. Too bad your backup system isn't worth the space. It'll be completely done Maybe one day it-